0: This is John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Wanted to say just a quick word to thank everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. And remind you, you can get a sports only subscription to Kentucky.com, a digital subscription where you get all of our sports coverage. That's Kentucky basketball with Jerry Tipton, Kentucky football with Josh Moore. You get our My Columns, Mark Story's Columns. You get Kentucky Recruiting, Basketball Recruiting with Ben Roberts. You get all of our high school coverage with Jared Peck, $30 for the first year for a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com. Please check that out. Go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscribe button, check out all of our offers, and once again, we thank everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to talk UK basketball recruiting with Ben Roberts, the recruiting writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Uh, Kentucky basketball, a couple of positive headlines here in the last couple of days. Uh, Olivier Sar and Jacob Toppin were both granted their waivers for el- immediate eligibility, so they'll be eligible to play for, UK bas- for the UK basketball team this season, and UK got a commitment on Thursday night from Sky Clark, uh, somebody we have talked about with Ben before on the podcast. So I wanted to talk to Ben about those topics and more, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to my conversation with Ben Roberts of The Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is a UK basketball recruiting writer, UK rec- recruiting writer, the man behind the popular Nick Scats blog, uh, Ben Roberts. How you doing, Ben?
1: Good, John. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, we are recording this on Friday afternoon uh, where Kentucky got a, Kentucky basketball got, uh, uh, well, a lot of good news, I guess you would say, yeah. in the past few, uh, past, what, 24, 48 hours. Uh, so we wanted to talk about that and talk about what's coming up. Uh, the big news, uh, well, or part of the big news anyway, uh, especially regarding this com- this year's team, is that Olivier Saar and also Jacob Top. Topping, it is topping, right?
1: Topping, yeah, yeah.
0: We're uh, uh, are going to be eligible. Me, el- eligibility. They were granted waivers. Uh, we talked about SAR before. We hadn't really talked about topping, but uh, not unexpected, uh, would you say? I know there was some kind of. Uh, worries about the sec because it wasn't just the ncaa but also the sec and i think you said on the podcast last time that there uh the scuttlebutt there was one sec school that was arguing against the uh, uk uh, getting the waiver for uh, sar so we weren't terribly surprised by this would you say or or not
1: Yeah, I mean, once the NCAA came out, um, I guess it was last week and and said that all winter athletes were going to get an extra season of of eligibility. I I think that pretty much clinched it um, just because that I mean, that really made Sar exempt from that SEC rule, which was the only thing holding him up. You know, I think before that, I I always kind of sided with I thought he was going to be eligible, but that SEC rule was pretty uh, you know pretty ironclad in its wording and and like you said I, I do know there was some pushback from within the league from at least one other school saying like you know you guys being the league need to need to honor this rule in this case um so yeah I don't know if the NCAA hadn't done the winner eligibility deal I don't know that it, that it was a sure thing but yeah I think I think all along we were we were kind of expecting that with Sarda you know like you said the Jacob Toppin is a is a surprise because when he came from Rhode Island uh, in the spring, Kentucky just put it out there that he's coming to sit out a season and get stronger and get better, and and we'll have him a year from now. And uh, we didn't really know until uh, they put out their season prospectus uh, about uh, probably three weeks ago, two three weeks ago, and it was just kind of mentioned in there, kind of in passing, that oh yeah, we, uh, Kentucky's applied for a an NCAA waiver for Jacob Toppin as well, so. Um, so that got approved by the NCAA. He didn't fall under that sec rule. So that's all he needed. And so now Kentucky's got 11 scholarship players. They've got a, they've got a ton of length. They've got their, their big guy that, that they've wanted in Olivier Saar and, obviously uh, all those all those freshmen coming in that, that are supposed to be the number one class in the country so another another loaded team it looks like
0: <laughs> well you wrote about that about the reaction to uh, SAR and Toppin being eligible and about where this puts them in the national landscape I mean in in those two early top 25s it seemed like most people were putting Kentucky uh, you know 1415 but that was and it would but it would, they would always put the disclaimer in there if SAR is ruled eligible then obviously they would move up so this definitely puts them i would think uh in a normal year and who knows what's going to happen this year in college basketball we are yeah. living through a pandemic but in a normal year that would certainly make them a national contender wouldn't you say
1: yeah i think so i'm actually a little surprised that i know gary Parrish only moved him up to number 13 this week even after the SAR news and uh jeff goodman i think had him at number 10 or 11 our buddy dick vitale has him at number five i think he said (laughs) and i I was kind of expecting more of the five to ten rage and you know we should say that even with star even with davian mince um this is a very young team and and another team that has no experience outside of keon brooks playing games for john calipari so that's that's, as we've seen, that's always a difficult task to get everybody on the same page. It's even more difficult this season because of everything with, with COVID and them just not being able to get in the gym as much as a, as a full group, as much as they normally would. So I, I think it's probably fair to expect that it's going to be another one of those teams that at the beginning of the season, whatever the beginning of the season looks like, they're going to have some growing pains. They're going to have to work it out on the court. But then by – February, March. Uh, I think they should be uh, right there in the thick of uh, the Final Four national title discussion uh, if everything comes together.
0: Right. You no. Know, yeah. I think. I wonder how much of those, like you said, uh, Gary only moved them up a spot or two. Goodman also not as high as maybe we would have expected. But how much of this that is? Because here's where I'm putting them at the beginning of the year, but by the end of the year, yes. if they all mesh and Sar continues to develop like he did at Wake Forest you know they they would obviously be higher so where i think sometimes in the past those guys put kentucky way up at the top exactly uh at the beginning of the year because they thought at the end of the year they were definitely going to be there even though they might not have been there at the beginning of the year because they needed to play together and mesh together um so yeah it'll be interesting how yeah, paid off yeah at top and i i was surprised just because of what you said, it would just seem like a foregone conclusion that he was going to sit out. Do you think it's the winner eligibility and also it looks pretty certain that for next year, these guys are all uh, transfers, the one-time transfer years uh, waiver is going to go into effect. Uh, you think those two things together worked in Toppin's favor as well?
1: Yeah, it sounded like, I mean, UK, I mean, everybody saw the landscape of the NCAA is approving pretty much every waiver right. that comes across its nest. There have been situations like uh, with Joey Gatewood and Kate Mays and, and, and Olivier until uh, this week, where the conferences, specifically SEC, has held some stuff up. But, I mean, pretty much every waiver that's come across the NCAA, they've, they've granted. So I think UK was seeing that. And everybody knew or at least expected that winner eligibility thing to come. I uh, just didn't know when it was going to be made official. And it, it was made official last week, obviously. So putting those pieces together, I mean, there's really no downside to going ahead and, and applying for for Jacob's waiver. And in, in this case, you know, if a guy or two gets hurt or, right. you know, something doesn't work out, he's there. He's eligible. You don't have to go through that process in the middle of the season. Um, and he doesn't, you know, he came here with three years of eligibility. Uh, he has four now. I mean, he can still, you know, he, he can still play in a, an extra year. He doesn't lose anything by playing this season. I, I think there was a lot of talk uh, within the program and, and probably his camp about, I, I think a lot of people like that idea coming in of him sitting out a season and, and knowing he was going to sit out a season because he did need to get stronger. He did need to get a little bit more acclimated to the, the college game, his older brother, uh, uh, Obi, he set out his freshman season at Dayton, um, before he started playing and obviously that worked out pretty yeah, well for, yeah, we should, for him. So right. yeah, I think it was one of those rare cases where I think everybody was okay with him sitting out a year and, and there were a lot of positives there just because of how much they think, um, uh, uh, how much upside they think he has, um, that he doesn't have to worry about, you know, losing confidence or anything if he gets in games, but, uh, you know it, it just kind of turned into a, a no-brainer and and a, and a situation where you know we might might as well ask
0: right uh, before we get st- uh before we start on the recruits and so forth uh, we t- we've talked a lot about sar and what kind of player he is but we haven't talked that much about Toppin. what kind of player can he be
1: well i mean i I, th- I think everybody probably hopes he's going to be yeah, like his I, Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably too, uh, too lofty uh, a goal for, for fans or, or for Kentucky to, to have, I do think, um, You know, I mean, first of all, let's point out that he was a contributing player at Rhode Island, uh, a good team in the A-10, which is a good basketball conference as a freshman last season. So it's not like he's coming in as some like super raw, doesn't know how to play basketball guy, which I think uh, there's also segments who kind of look at him like that. I mean. The kid can play basketball, and, and and he he was a was a key, or at least a contributing member of that team, and, and becoming a key member of that team as the season wore on. So I think he can certainly contribute this season. Um, I mean he's a guy. He's a he's a long forward. I think he he kind of fits that mold of kind of the newer age, uh, face the basket with a lot of size, a lot of length. Uh, I think Kentucky's listed him at six nine or six ten right now. Um, and just his athleticism. Is off the charts. I know Cameron Fletcher had his uh, kind of meet the media day today, and and uh, somebody asked him who would win a slam dunk contest, and, and uh, Jacob was the the guy he mentioned. And that just from talking to other people through these early practices and some people who saw him uh, throughout the summer and do him before he got here, that athleticism is the very first thing that that people bring up and the fact that he i mean he knows how to play basketball he's got the the size he's got the length i think it's just a matter of of putting it all together and you know nobody expects him to come in here and, and be brandon boston junior be olivier saar so i think it's good that the expectations at least for the time being stay a little low but down the road i uh, i think people see him as a as a possible starter on a on a on a final four caliber team which is kind of what everybody's come to expect from kentucky uh, under calipari at least yeah yeah
0: and what they've come to expect from kentucky under calipari is uh number one recruiting classes and kentucky got a commitment on thursday night from uh, one of their uh, big future targets in sky clark we had talked about sky before uh again not a big surprise but the thing about sky is he could be down the road uh what what about his commitment
1: yeah, well, yeah. First of all, it's, it's huge to go ahead and, and get that commitment from him um, because right now he's still class of twenty twenty two, which means he, for the time being, has two more seasons of high school basketball. Uh, he and his dad have both been very open and, and honest about the fact that that they are looking at possibly twenty twenty one, and I think they're going to get. You know, they're not going to make that decision. Uh, they're not in any hurry to to come to a decision there. I think they're going to wait until March or April look at who Kentucky has coming back, look at where sky is in his development. And if it matches up to where, you know, there's a, there's a spot for him to come in and play right away. And he's ready to do that. I think they do it myself, Uh, but they have, you know, that, that bonus of, if the things don't align for 2021, they can stick in high school and, and develop even more and, and be even more ready to go in 2022. So I think for both ends, Kentucky and, and for skies. And uh, I think that's a huge benefit, the situation he's in right now. And then, you know, just him, him as a player, I, there was a lot of talk early in his recruitment about him being a combo guard. And I know he, I don't want to say bristled. Cause he's, uh, he doesn't seem to bristle at anything. He's just a, uh, he's a, he's a happy go lucky kind of outgoing kid, but he did make it clear he wanted to be known as a point guard. And uh, he, he, talking to some other people are uh, Corey Evans, who uh, the rivals.com national analyst who's now with Oklahoma city thunder. I, I talked to him at length before he took that NBA job about sky and what he thought. And he told me he thought he might be the best point guard right now. And in, in all of high school basketball. And he, he thinks he could be mentioned among the top two or three players in that 2022 20, class. If, if he were to stay in that class and that's just kind of what his trajectory looks like as a prospect. So uh, he's definitely a point guard, but another bonus for Kentucky is he can play off the ball and that he's willing to play off the ball. Um, he's another kind of in that line of of team first guys who see Kentucky as the place to to get to the next level. No matter where you play here, you hone those skills and get to the NBA. And, and a lot of people have been mentioning that with the playoffs uh, just concluding, seeing guys like Bam and Hero and and guys who who made some sacrifices here becoming pretty quickly stars in the NBA. Um, but Sky, I mean, he's just a very creative, dynamic player with the ball in his hands. Um, he's, he's really uh, lengthening his, his outside shot. In fact, one of his trainers told me this week that they're only taking NBA NBA uh, distant threes this summer um, in anticipation of, of, yeah, just deepening that range and getting him more comfortable and, and building his strength as a shooter. I mean, you, you know, you put up a... A bunch of shots at NBA range that you know people I think who don't play or haven't played or haven't played in a while look at that and say oh well he's just shooting a basketball but that 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 takes it out of you but he's getting his hips and his legs and everything underneath him to take those shots so I think in high school this season it's going to be a chip shot when he gets to college it's it's not going to be as big a deal um, to shoot from deep but yeah just kind of a an all around package who who just seemingly keeps getting better uh so uh yeah just a huge huge commitment for kentucky right there
0: yeah uh, a guy who we thought was gonna commit or there was a lot of speculation about him committing at least somewhere was uh, this week was bryce hopkins what's going on with him
1: yeah bryce has been uh it, it's it it hasn't been boring following bryce since he decommitted <laughs> from louisville, louisville, louisville right, summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, i mean he got a and you know to his defense he got a ton of of offers and interest right after he backed out of that Louisville commitment um I mean pretty much every school in the country was trying to get him I'm sure it was overwhelming and he made the cut to nine schools pretty immediately and then he was going to cut it to five and then it came up the day he was going to cut it to five and he said I can't cut it to five I think you know I, I, I need to look more into this I haven't I haven't um you know, there's more than five schools I, I still like and might want to go to. Um, and then we get to this week. He was it was originally reported he was going to commit on Tuesday. I talked to his high school coach last week and he said they were working on putting together like a commitment video and they were going to wait till that was fully produced and then they would post it. So he, he thought it could be Tuesday, could be Wednesday. Didn't know for sure. Tuesday came, I checked in again, and he thought maybe Wednesday or Thursday was more likely. Um, now we're Friday, and, and I'm hearing Sunday or Monday <laughs> might be the the, the most likely uh, time for him. So it keeps getting pushed back, but I don't really think – I don't get the sense there's a whole lot of indecision. I, I think it's more of just the logistics and, and getting everything in line. And um, I – at least asking around today – I've always kind of thought Illinois was Kentucky's – or at least mo- most recently, Illinois was Kentucky's top competition. And I get the sense from people around Illinois that, that there's not a whole lot of optimism there. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it's Kentucky still until I hear something different. Um, or it's 2.30 on Friday, so maybe at 3 o'clock I'll, I'll hear something different. But uh, going into the weekend, I, I still really like Kentucky's chances. And I, I think this this thing could be wrapped up here. Listen to the deal.
0: Listen to the deal on Spotify. And then uh, uh, a couple of guys who, uh, well, one one the UK offered this week, Jalen Uh, Duren, uh yep. and he's also down the road. But then uh, here, just this morning, another kid, Damian Collins, who we talked about. Uh, you got a little news on him too, and he's a guy that we had talked about previously. What what's going on with those guys?
1: Well, Jalen, yeah, I'll just touch on him real quick because he is a little down the road, but he's the the number two overall player in that 2022 class, 6'10". Really just a powerful, skilled um, post player out of Philadelphia, and he's behind Imani Bates and all the – in all of the rankings, Imani Bates, for people who haven't followed, is kind of being built up as the next LeBron and has been since it seems like he was in middle school. So he's getting all the attention of that class. But if it weren't for Amani, Jaylon would be the unanimous number one player in the class. Um, there'd been kind of a delay or whatever you want to call it because, one, I think people – a lot of people thought the one and done rule was going to be gone by 2022, which would allow guys like Amani and, and Jalen Duren to jump straight to the NBA. If that had happened, Jalen would have been a, I bet top five pick in that 2022 draft. At least that's the way it's trending. It doesn't look like as much that's going to happen now. That's it's certainly not a sure thing, and I I would guess it's it's less than 50 50 at this point. Um, so that's out. But this G League thing, uh, just oversee professional roots in general are becoming more popular for for top high school kids i think there's a lot of people that still think Jalen might take that route once he gets uh out of high school but if he does if he does end up wanting to go to college it sounds like from asking around that kentucky would be in a very very good spot for him and i mean if they were to get Jalen there at least the way it looks right now we're talking about like the, one of the best players Calipari would have ever gotten. I mean, this this kid has it all. He's – I mean, you'd put him up there in that kind of – I mean, since Carl Towns, I, I don't know that they, they've had anybody quite like that um, within the program. Uh, long way to go, obviously, in um, the G League and, and NBA. That's, that's going to be hanging over it for the entire time. Uh, another thing that could be in Kentucky's favor, though, is if the NCAA gets this uh, – NLI situation sorted out and, and allows college athletes to to make a little money off their uh, off their name, image, likeness, and that could be in effect by 2022. Um, that could be something else in Kentucky's favor. Hey, you could come here, probably make just as much as you would make in the G League, and and get coaching from John Calipari, get to play against these like-minded players every day in practice uh, build an even better fan base with these right. Kentucky fans that you take to the NBA. Uh, I think that's going to be a, when that happens, that's going to be a huge pitch in Kentucky's favor. And, you know, maybe Jalen Duran's in that first class where, where they get to to hone that pitch. So again, long, long way down the road with him, but certainly he's certainly worth talking about because he's, he's just that good. And, and with Damian Collins, I think we talked last week, um, he's an athletic 610 super athletic 610 forward out of texas um last week we were kind of saying oklahoma kentucky kind of a 1-1-a situation it looked like in his recruitment and just today i I know eric bossy over at rivals.com who i probably respect his recruiting opinion right now as as much as anybody's or more so than anybody's and, and he has put in a crystal ball pick in favor of Kentucky for Damian Collins and, and Brian Snow, who's also a, a respected, uh, recruiting guy nationally a- has done the same today. So that's, that's a lot of big momentum right there in Kentucky's favor. I know behind the scenes that Kentucky has felt very good about their chances, uh, with, uh, with Damian Collins, it seems like in recent weeks. Um, so it sounds like everything might be coming together there. And that, that's another one that, If they were to get him, you're talking really, really high upside down the road and a guy who can come in and just block shots and rebound and and get you some some points in the paint uh, right off the bat. So I I know Rivals.com had him number 10 nationally in their most recent rankings, uh, and, and it's a, it's a class that's not very, not very uh, great for for big men. So if they were to nab somebody like that out of this class, um, and then maybe pair them with a SAR type as, as a transfer, uh, that 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 would be a, a huge, huge uh, benefit for Kentucky going forward.
0: Yeah. So do you think something has happened here, like, uh, in just this week, where Kentucky has risen up uh, for those guys to? Uh, make their crystal ball predictions or make their predictions like that?
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of been trending that way because really? I know – I think Oklahoma was – well, Oklahoma was definitely the safe pick if you were making predictions up until the last few weeks because he, he has ties to that program. He was actually working out in the area a ton over the summer because um, some of his he, – he plays for Blake Griffin's travel team. That's where they were based. One of his best friends uh, is committed up there, another teammate. So he was spending some time up there, a lot of time up there over the summer. And I think a lot of people – and it's closer to home. I mean, he's from Texas, East Texas, but he's only four Mm -hmm. or five hours from Norman. Um, You know, his family can make the drive for games like that. Uh, Obviously, a little (laughs) little further drive from East Texas to Lexington, Kentucky. A little bit. bit. Uh, But um, I I think – my sense, kind of within his camp, there was there was the debate of: Do you play it safe? Do you go where you're comfortable? And still, obviously, a very very good coaching, very good program over there at, at Oklahoma. Or do you do you take the chance on yourself and bet on yourself and go to a place like Kentucky where you're going to be when everybody in that front court is going to be just as good as Damian Collins and, and try to try to sharpen your game uh, in in that atmosphere. And I know there were some people close to him that were really not necessarily pitching Kentucky, but making sure he didn't look past that opportunity to to, to make sure he sat down and was like, OK, I I really need to look hard at this because, you know, this only comes once and, and this is a great opportunity. And and I, I'm i getting the sense that maybe he's, he's starting to side toward that ladder, I guess. And, and it, it helps that. I mean, obviously Kentucky doesn't need a whole lot of help on the recruiting trail, but it certainly helps that, that they got Jay Lucas, who was uh, who was Damian's lead recruiter at Texas. Um, and Texas might have even been the favorite. Uh, certainly top two before Jay left to come up here. So so you get that, one, you get the name and Calipari and everything that goes along with being Kentucky, and you get that familiarity with Jay Lucas that they might not otherwise have had. Um so, yeah, I think it's just kind of a perfect storm in, in Kentucky's favor there. And and I also get the sense that some of these crystal ball picks might be coming in because uh, I think Damian's original plan was to wait until the spring. But talking to people down there, I think he's he's getting to the point where he'd like to just kind of get this over with and, and concentrate on his, his senior season and know where he's going to go. And, and that, I think, kind of leads to maybe a decision in time for this early sounding period. Hmm. Okay, I know we want
0: to talk about uh, uh, what you've been working on and what you've got coming up, any, any other thing, any other recruiting nuggets or anything we need to touch on.
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I think uh, you know the early signing period starts November 11th, and obviously Nolan Hickman uh, will will be signing then, and. Um, uh, it, it looks like they, they could have Bryce Hopkins and, and Damian Collins in line by the end. Uh, you know, we we've talked a lot about Hunter Salas in the past on the podcast and uh, a great, great point guard in that 21 class. And I think a lot of people still like Kentucky's chances for him, but he keeps, uh, he kind of struck me as a guy who would say he was going in the, in the spring and then maybe just uh, go ahead and make that decision in the fall anyway. Cause we've seen that in the past a lot but he keeps saying he's going to wait until the spring and we're only a couple of weeks now away. So we're kind of running out
0: he of time. He might actually wait until the
1: spring Change his mind. Yeah. And, and you know, with him, <laughs> he's got no, yeah, he, he's, he's the number one point guard in the country. He's got offers from Kansas, Carolina, Kentucky. Those offers aren't going anywhere, no matter who those schools line up at that position. So, I mean, he can write his own ticket. He can make his own decision on, on his own term. So unless he's hundred percent sure he knows where he wants to go, um, there's no harm in, in him waiting, but yeah, it's looking. You know, the the closer we get to that early signing period, and the more he says he's going to wait till the spring, at, at some point you kind of have to have Take to him believe his him. Word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: now I know you you were uh, had a Lance Ware story uh, earlier in the week. Uh, that was. I guess before we knew for sure that uh, SAR, and now with the uh, topping coming in, uh, just a little bit about for people who may have missed it, uh, be sure and go back and check that out. Uh, but just talk a little bit about that story and uh, and what you uh, the feel you got for the kid and doing that story.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those where you really uh, wish we could get more face. Face to uh, FaceTime uh, uh, with a kid like that this season. Cause I assume we're going to be doing these zoom interviews probably for, for the whole season. <laughs> um, but just a, just a great talker, a guy who, you know, he doesn't speak in cliches. Doesn't he, he, he wants to, wants to give you the most thoughtful and, and the best answer he can. And, and he's a thoughtful kid and, and, and seems like a really, really smart kid. And, and it's, he, you know, he's just a cool story because he, kind of stumbled into basketball accidentally when he was in middle school. He was a tall kid, but never played. And, and even starting that late, he's had the fortune of uh, getting coached by Purvis Ellison and and Rick Bronson. So, you know, when you're only playing ball for four years and you kind of um, almost by accident stumble into getting to train with, with a number one NBA draft pick and a guy who, and and a second guy who spent, what, probably 20 years as an NBA player and a coach, uh, that that's pretty fortunate. And both of those guys obviously have seen, well, everybody. I mean, they, they've seen everybody for the last 35 years who have been great at basketball. And they talk about this kid as um, – a guy who is just not going to, he, he just wants to be great. He's not going to give up. He's going to give it his all every time he goes out there. I mean, he's not Carl Towns yet. He's not Bam Adebayo yet, but uh, he, th- those are his aspirations. And, and um, you know, he's, he's 6'10", he's two 220, he's strong, he's athletic. Uh, and I think both those guys think uh, at some point he's hes going to play himself into the NBA. And it was really well, a couple of things with Rick Brunson, um, he's, he's a pretty hard edged guy and he's a guy who's not going to give you any BS when he's talking to you about basketball. And one, um, he talked about how Lance is coming to Kentucky. You know, well, a lot of people come here and they say, Oh, I'm, I'm here to be here. And I'm not thinking about one and done while well, at the same time, you know, they're looking at <laughs> draft, uh, mock drafts and everything throughout the season. And Rick just straight up said, Lance Ware has unpacked his bags there. If he's won and done at the end of the year, maybe it happens. But he's there to get better and to to do whatever he can for this team. And he's bought in completely to Kentucky basketball. And, and he sees him as a guy who, whenever he leaves Kentucky, is going to leave as a, as a real fan favorite. Because, as he said toward the end of that story, that Kentucky fans are are quick to understand and, and identify who's, who's kind of in it for for the right reasons um, and and being a team player and and they'll see that in Lance, um, and you know I, both those guys just talk about his work ethic and and uh, Purvis Ellison actually had Michael Kid Gilchrist um, when he was a, a young player a, a recruit and you know Michael I feel like is still the standard when when people bring up tough play or, or gritty play around John Calipari he always. Uh, mentions Michael Kidd as he says is, is the guy who he, he kind of puts on that pedestal, and and Purvis, who's coached them both, said that that Michael have, might have to might have to move over after this season because he sees Lance as a guy who who works just as hard. So, I mean, I range. you know, yeah, yeah, and coming from two guys who again aren't gonna, you know, they've it's not like uh, you know some high school or AAU coach who's new to it or is only seen a handful of of great players and these guys played against them and coached against them for the last three decades.
0: Right. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, Of course, now they're, we're, they're doing, since they're not doing a media day, we're, they're doing a Zoom uh, with, uh, they're going through the process now of we're getting these guys, uh they're doing like three a week between the coaches and players so we got more of those stories coming up be sure and look for that uh and then you've got some other stories coming up uh I know you said you've been working on something about uh, Nolan Hickman I saw a video the other day where Hickman was interviewed I can't remember who interviewed him but he was talking about that he's really working hard to recruit players uh to Kentucky um just talk about what you've got coming up with Hickman and, and Sky.
1: Yeah, that interview was with uh, Kristen Pinko over at Rivals.com. Yeah, that's true. One right. thing I found interesting was that he's, he's, he's mentioning a bunch of other point guards, including Sky Clark. It was before Sky committed. but um, and, and I think that kind of speaks to, you know, they got Nolan Hickman. They could be getting Bryce Hopkins. We talked about Lance Ware. We talked about Sky. They're really building a, a, a crew of guys for the future that genuinely sound like they want team basketball and they want other great guys around them and they don't care if they get the spotlight as long as, you know, as long as they're still developing, but as long as the team is also, uh, being successful. And I I think having a guy like Nolan at the front of the class, um, and, and at the point guard position, having that kind of attitude is, is obviously very beneficial to, to Cal and the future of that program. But he also, uh, so he, he's moving to Utah. He's a Seattle kid. But he's moved to Utah for a senior season of high school. And they had a fairly big camp out there, um, last week, uh, or last weekend, a few days ago. Um, a lot of the top prospects from, from pretty much the whole Western United States, and i was i've kind of been talking to some people around that camp and we're gonna we'll have a story come out here in the next couple days about what they thought about nolan uh spoiler alert they they thought a lot about him uh (laughs) they they really they really liked him and uh it sounds like you know when he committed it kind of came out of nowhere and he was a little not as highly ranked as a lot of other um kentucky point guards under cal but just asking around and, and it sounds like one that people think he's going to be a really, really good college point guard. And and the ranking might have a little bit more to do with still some questions about his NBA. Although a lot of people also think he's going to be a good NBA point guard too. And then two, he's, he's another kid who's really improving at a rapid pace. um, And, and a, a gym rat hard worker who's, who's, you know, taking pains to get better as quickly as he possibly can. So, That'll be coming up in the next couple of days. We'll have more on Scott Clark. I think kind of an interesting story on him here in the next couple of days, uh, you know, to follow his, his commitment. And I know we got some other stuff coming up and it sounds like uh, might have a Bryce Hopkins story here in the, over the weekend or Monday. And uh, who knows, maybe Damian Collins is, is getting, uh, getting a little closer to his decision as well. Well,
0: whatever happens, Ben will be all over it. So be sure and follow Ben on uh, on Twitter, Ben Roberts HL. Follow his Next Cats uh, blog where you get all the links and headlines and news about uh, what's going on in recruiting. Uh, and follow Ben both in the print edition of the Herald Leader and of course digitally on kentucky.com are we leaving anything else out
1: Ben? Uh I don't think, think so. I think that covers it.
0: Well uh, that covers that and a lot. That's for sure. There, <laughs> but there's been a lot going on this week. And uh, we're you know when you think about where what uh today what's the 23rd they're allowed to start uh, games on i think november 25th right that weekend yep. so we're just a month away from actually playing basketball now a lot of that basketball is going to be bubble basketball i guess and mm-hmm. uh, things like it's going to be interesting to see the scheduling part of it and how that plays out we'll be talking more about that as we approach uh, november 25th but uh, yeah. ben thanks as always for being on the podcast we really appreciate it
1: all right thanks a lot john
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay podcast. I want to thank my guest, Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Be sure and follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can send me an email, drop me an email, jclay at herald leader.com. want to thank everybody who listens to these podcasts. You can find the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Give us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the word out about these podcasts. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed them so far. There'll be plenty more to come. And we thank everybody who supports the podcast and listens to them. And we'll be talking to you again soon.